0: be seated. The three people that are here and the worship team. Hey, as the worship team's taken their place, I, I would like to recognize the fact that the worship team did brave the apocalypse to come in and lead us in worship today. Um, and so I want to th- <laughs> thank them for doing that. And um, uh, it was, it's, just, it's great to have live worship. So I thank you guys for coming in and doing that. I would also like to personally recognize... Come up here, Pastor Todd. Come here, Pastor Todd. We're going to put him on the live stream. You know, for, for years, Pastor Todd has fought me tooth and nail to invest in the monies necessary... For online church and online streaming, there were many times when I said, Todd, it's a waste of money. There's no reason to do all that. Todd, this is your moment to shine. This is, <laughs> so I just want to say thank you for, uh, for making it happen, Todd. Good job. Uh, and all the tech team that came out today to make it happen with all the cameras and the streaming. We got Tucker and Casey and uh, Jody and, Kyle, and it, it, it takes a lot of people to make this thing happen. So I just want to thank you guys for, for that because we're ahead of the curve today. <laughs> we never knew it was going to be as important as it is now. Um, for those of you that are watching, I want to thank you for watching with us online today. This is odd for me and us as a church to do uh, really like probably 99.5% of our people are watching online today and aren't here in person. And so I'm going to try my best to talk to you through the screen and ignore the people that are in the room. But you guys can amen me and help me as I do it. If you're watching, please like uh, that you're watching it, comment that you're watching, and share that you're watching so that we can get the word out more to other people. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to preach this morning, and at the end, I have a small little fun announcement uh, for those of you that are part of Faith and Victory Church that are here locally. And so I encourage you to wait until the end, because um, if you turn it off, you will not hear it. And then you'll hear about it later. And then you'll be like, why didn't they tell us? I'm like, because you didn't wait until the end of the sermon. So that's my little bait that I'm throwing out there to keep you online the whole entire time. You like that? It's yeah. Yeah. perfect. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's pray for this message. Father God, we love you. We praise you. We glorify you in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we think of you your word. We think that it's alive and that it's active and that it's sharper than any double-edged sword. God, we pray today that you would be glorified, that you would be lifted up. Father, we pray today that this word would speak to every single one of us watching, listening, um, and in this room. Father, we pray this message would go out, that in this season, Lord, that people would be drawn to you. Father, that they would realize that there is no other hope except hope in you. Father, change us today, challenge us today, convict us today. Be with us today and speak through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I titled today's uh, sermon, Walk in Faith and Victory. I thought it was very fitting seeing how uh, the name of our church is Faith and Victory. Uh, When the Lord gave me the name of the church uh, 17 years ago, it was because I believe that that is the Christian life, that the Christian life is walking in faith and victory. I don't believe that we serve a God of doubt and defeat. I believe that we serve a God of faith and victory. Life is uncertain. It really is. Uh, We don't know what tomorrow holds or what will happen, Um, and that was real two months ago. <laughs> that, that that wasn't a reality that was just created this week. Um, uh, life is uncertain. It's It's always been uncertain. I wouldn't have expected a month ago that I would be here today preaching to 12 people, mostly online. I wouldn't expect that as much. But I will tell you, this is what we take for granted in times like this. Like, there, I, I've heard it from many people. You've been texting me, you've been calling me, and people I've seen throughout the week. We, we take for granted the reality of us being able to come together as a church. We take it as a common thing, and we treat it as a common thing of, of just like, oh, hey, I, I just go to church, when now is the moment when we should be realizing what a treasure and a gift it is that we're able to gather together As a church, Um, and I look forward to our church coming together physically very soon. I've got some plans. I know we're going to be online next week for sure. The week after that, I'm I'm working and trying to finagle a plan so we can get physical services back together. Those details will be forthcoming. But I don't like not getting together. (laughs) I don't like it. It just seems unnatural. I love I love church people. It's why when we're on vacation, we go to church because I love being around the people of God. there's a benefit when, when you can't get together to be online, but most, uh, most what I like is being together with the people of the Lord. And the value of the gathered church cannot be overstated. It's a treasure and a gift to be able to gather. And, and I pray today for all of us that we would finally understand the heart of the persecuted church. Yeah. That there are Christians all over the world, that this is what they experience every single week when they have to hide in their homes and they're unable to gather because they live in governments that don't allow Christians to be able to gather And so for us that are able to gather today, let's pray for the persecuted church. Let's remember what they go through on a weekly basis. And when God sees fit for us to be able to gather together, let's gather together and be excited about it that we have the privilege to do it. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on or where you'll get your toilet paper. (laughs) It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing and toilet paper. (laughs) I mean, come on, man, let's go. We can't worry in this hour. We can't be afraid. Hear my heart. This is nothing compared to what the early church endured. This is nothing. And and, and these people are like, oh, this is the end. What what do you think the early church thought when they saw our brothers and sisters being beheaded and hung and crucified? Do you think they thought that was the end, but it wasn't the end? It was the beginning in Jesus' name. It started to spread after that. We can't worry in this hour. This is the moment for us to walk in faith and not walk in fear. 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now let me speak to you, friend, regardless of where you're watching from. This is the time, more than any other time, that we need to be the Christians that God has asked us to be. Keep checking on your neighbors. This is the most natural time that you can walk over to your neighbor's house, knock on the door and say, hey man, I just wanted to check on you. Are you doing okay? Do do you need some food? Do you need some toiletries? Is there something that you're missing? Because in this time, uh, if God can multiply loaves and fishes, he can multiply anything else. And so we don't want to be stingy. We want to be generous. These are the moments for us to be generous. Quit thinking about yourself. Think of others during this time. Amen. Now, at our church, we go through the Bible, and we've been going through First and Second Samuel. We went through, we've been doing this for probably about, what, two, two and a half years? And so today, uh, you know, earlier in the week, I made a Facebook Live video. And I thought maybe I was going to skip over the Scripture because I was so behind in my study of my sermon that I thought, maybe, oh, I'm going to preach on something else. But then I went to the Scripture for this week and I realized it works. Like the, the scripture for this week, it, it's almost like God knew where we were going to be and he planted this little scripture right in the middle of it. So for those of you that are normal faith and victory people, we're going to just continue with 2 Samuel this morning um, and it, it it's going to play. It's, it's going to be uh, directly to where we're at today. And so if you join me, we're going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 12. We're going to be in verses uh, 15 through 23. It says, And the Lord struck the child that Uriah, Uriah's wife bore to David, and, beca- and it became ill. David therefore pleaded with God for the child. And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. So the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground. But he would not, nor did he eat food with them. Then on the seventh day it came to pass that the child died, and the servants of David were afraid to tell, tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Indeed, <clears throat> excuse me, while the child was alive, we spoke to him, and he would not heed our voice. How can we tell him that the child is dead? He may do some harm. When David saw that his servants were whispering, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore, David said to his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't have the virus. <laughs> Every time you cough, you have to be like, I don't have the virus. So David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself, and changed his clothes, and he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. And then he went to his own house, and when he requested, they set food before him and he ate. Then his servant said to him, what is that this that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive, but when the child died, you arose and ate food. And he said, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Um, Just to bring you up to speed, if you uh, haven't been watching on a normal basis, uh, we've been going through the life of David, and last week we talked about David had relations with a woman that wasn't his wife, God was very upset with it, David repented of it, but God said there's going to be consequences for your sin, and the sin is your child is going to die that was a product of this uh, uh, illicit marriage. Uh, The scripture is interesting, it goes so far to say, when the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, they didn't even call it David's child. They called it the, 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 the child of Uriah. That's how much God was like, this is not a good thing. It's not even going to be your son. And so what we see is David's response to when calamity comes into his life calamity is coming and that his son is going to be killed. And David is outli- uh, is showing an outline of what a, cause last week we saw how he was a repentive man. And so now today we see what his life looks like after repentance. How is he going to respond when calamity is coming at his door? He knows that God said his child was going to die. And so he's walking through this in a very uh, godly way. It says that he went and he laid down on the ground and he prayed and he fasted. And then and it says that his son still died, except after that, David rose up and he went and he continued on. Uh, he didn't change who he was or what he was going to do based on the calamity around him and what was going on. Again, I think it really plays today with what's going on because many of us are looking at the situation and wondering, God, what are you going to do? Am I going to die? Is my family going to die? Is, is this the end? Is this the world? And David, David shows us what we should be doing during these times it 's not a time to give up it 's a time to press in yeah. Yeah. The first thing I want to talk about this morning is this is that faith fasts and prays yeah. faith does not live in fear. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's interesting, uh, if you have a need, you can look at David, and, and this is what David did when he had a need, and the need was, I believe my son is going to die, and so how am I going to respond? And his response was, I am going to fast and pray before the Lord. See, what David knew is that the Lord was the only one who could fix his situation. Amen. There was no one else for him to turn to. There wasn't a doctor, there wasn't a government, there wasn't anything else. This is what was in front of David. And so David had a choice when he was faced with the prospect of having no one to turn to. He said, I have to go to the Lord. And and many of us could identify with this if you've gone through something before. There comes a point in your life when you realize all the other things around you cannot be controlled. There are all these other things around you, no one else can help you. And the only person that can help you is the Lord Jesus Christ. And David in this moment realizes, I can only turn to God. I can only turn to Yahweh. It says in verse 16 David therefore pleaded with God for the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. David went straight to fasting and prayer. He was humbled before God. He went with a heart condition that said, God, I know I've done wrong. God, I know that this may be the judgment that's coming upon me based on my past uh, uh, experiences and past actions, but God, I'm asking you today, knowing that you are the only one that can fix this situation. No one else can fix this, so I'm going to go to you, God. I'm going to believe in you, God. Here's an interesting thing about fasting, is that fasting doesn't change God, it changes you. It prepares you for what God is going to do next. And many times people want, want to manipulate God and use fasting and prayer as a way to, to be able to make God do something. And we see in this, and we'll get into it in a second, God, the, the, the child still dies. God doesn't change what he said was going to happen to David. But what happened is that David changed through fasting and prayer. David changed what he was going to do. You look through Nehemiah and Ezra and Isaiah and Jeremiah. There's stories of fasting and how they acted different after they fasted and after they prayed. Now, fasting can move the hand of God, but it changes you. This is, this is why Jesus said in Matthew chapter six that when you fast and pray, go and do it in secret and your father which sees what it's done in secret will bless you openly because in those secret private times that you're with God and you're praying to him, uh, he's changing things about you. You're, you're getting more faith in him. You're getting more trust in him. You're seeing the outcomes that are possible and saying, you know what, God? I'm gonna trust you no matter what. I'm gonna walk through this no matter what because I know that you are my provider. You are my lover. You are the one that's going to take care of me you took care of me before this you're going to take care of me after this and I need to go before you because I want to be in a place of total and complete trust in you amen learn to lean on God learn to say Lord I don't know what tomorrow holds but I know who holds tomorrow amen you you're still alive you're still here you're not dead yet I mean, (laughs) the interesting statistic, I've said it before, one out of one people die. So you're going to go sometime and you're you're already here. So quit worrying about tomorrow. Quit worrying about what's going to happen next week. Joel 2.12 plays today, now therefore says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping and mourning. Some of y'all, y'all have, have not, not turned to God in faith and in fasting your whole entire life and you have nothing to hold on to. Maybe you even said you're a Christian and you've been living for Christ, but you've never had a moment of despair. Now is the time to press into the Lord. Amen. Now is the time to come before Him in fasting and prayer. David said in Psalm 27, 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Yes. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And when David said that, it's interesting. <coughs> See, I'm getting all fired up, and it's messing Let's up go. my throat. Let's go. You know, I'm getting hot. This jacket's coming off. <laughs> Forget the jacket. <laughs> no precedence, baby. Let's go. Let's go. All right. <laughs> We're living in unprecedented times, man. But what's interesting is that there is this uh, understanding within the modern times of I need to live for as long as humanly possible. And modern medicine is going to save me. And and, and and you think like just a short time ago, like even 150 years ago, modern medicine wasn't where it is now, but we have this expectation of living forever and never experiencing death and never having anybody in our family die. The life expectancy of an American man at 1900 was like 42. Now it's like 78. It's almost doubled in the last hundred years. If we would have lived in a time that people had died from farming accidents and just, you know, rolling down a hill, we, we wouldn't treat life as such a precious thing. Which isn't to say it isn't precious. It's just to say, like, you have to live with an expectation that God can call you home anytime. Yeah, at any time, He can call you home. And we're in Washington State, and if you're watching from somewhere other than Washington, I'm watching the news. It's going other places, it, and, and we seem to be at the epicenter of everything. Um, we've had school closures where the three counties around us, all of the schools are closed until April. Um, man, they even canceled the NBA, the NCAA. Uh, churches aren't meeting. Uh, travel's being changed. Uh, people from work are being asked to stay home. Uh, I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime, ever. I've never seen anything like it at all. Uh, Crystal and I were at Costco a couple weeks ago on our normal shopping day. Yeah. I just want to say, ain't that right, baby? Yeah. Normal shopping day. And people were losing their ever-loving minds. And I was talking to this lady behind me, and, and I, was, I was going to maximize the opportunity, so I was going to share the gospel with her. And I, I've just been having a spirit of boldness this last couple of weeks because, you know, these are great times to start conversations. And we're just kind of talking about the chaos that's going on around, around us. And I said, are you a Christian? And and she goes, yeah, of course I am. And I was like, great. And so we just had fellowship together. But what we were talking about is how, in times like this, you really see what people have faith in. Come on, yeah, That's right. You really do. Like uh, people have more faith in their in their medical care and their government and their uh, you know toilet paper than they do in God. Yes. I'm sorry. Is there a lot of toilet paper references today? It seems yes. to be. <laughs> 2020 is the year of the toilet paper. That's going to be. One day we're going to be talking to our kids like, you know, kids back in 2020, we were hoarding toilet paper. Here, here's the reality, folks, is that this isn't the first time that you've heard this message from me as your pastor. But it may be the first time that you're going to apply it. I, I've been preaching this for years. Fully submit to Jesus in every area of your life. Fully give him all of your trust, all of your faith, because it is the only way that you're going to get through this. maybe you've heard that message before, and you're like, man, he says this all the time, because I'm trying to prepare you for what the future holds. If you can't get through this, how are you going to get through the things that are going to happen in the book of Revelation? Now is the time for faith. It's not the time for fear. Push in to fasting and praying. You're either going to choose to lean on God or yourself. Where are you going to turn? Where? We're, we're in a storm right now, and, and, and we read these stories in the Bible, and we teach them to our kids in Sunday school, but when the storms of our life come, we seem to just completely forget it and walk on our, own, on our own strength. But I believe that Jesus would walk across the waters of a Costco parking lot above the carts and say, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Why are you so troubled? And then he would take a nap on the pile of carts outside of Costco. Mark 4:40 but he said to them why are you so fearful how is it that you have no faith how is it Matthew 8:26 but he said to them why are you fearful or you of little faith then he arose and re- and he rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm now listen. This doesn't mean we should go around licking doorknobs. All right? <laughs> it's not what this means. Because some some people want to act in utter and complete defiance and be like, "Well, I'm going to walk by faith and and you know I'll share a fork with someone with the disease." And uh, I'm not at that level yet, but. You shouldn't have to. Wa- you be prudent, right? I wear a seatbelt. I, you know, I, I take my medication. I don't go skydiving. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very prudent to keep myself safe. But I still trust God with the outcomes of my life. Amen. Are you sick right now? No. Are you fed? Yes. Are your bills paid? Hopefully so. You should trust God during this time. Psalm 910, and those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Has he not taken care of you thus far? Has he not sustained you thus far? Many of you have been through surgeries and sickness and and, and job losses and family deaths. And you're still here today. God has still sustained you. God has still loved you. And, and God's going to continue to take care of you through this. He will not forsake you. Trust in him during this time. Fully, fully trust in him. Joshua 1-9, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We, well, again, we're going through these times that are difficult, but uh, l- l- read your Bibles. Think, think about the Israelites that had to live in the desert for 40 years or the early Christians or people that had to live in caves, and we're at home with electricity and water watching Disney Plus talking about how we're going through it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know? Like, oh, the kids are out of school. There's not a kid alive that's upset about that. <laughs> Every kid's like, Woo! We want to make something bigger than it is. Yes, this thing is real, and I'm not minimizing that. Like, stay away from people. That's why we're having online service. But can we have a little bit of clarity about what this truly is? I mean, if I was in charge of the world, I would make everybody stay home for the next 14 days. I would just be like, bonk, the whole world. Everybody just stay home. Don't leave your yard. Like when you were a kid, mom said, just play in the yard. Because it's a way to fight the sickness, man. The people around you are going to want you to give up while you're going through this, though. Because, yeah. again, your, te- your faith is going to be tested during this time. It's interesting. Verse 17, it says, So the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground. But he would not, nor did he eat food with them. When you, when you push into God during these times and those others around you are fearful, they're going to try to turn you away from God they're going to say, man, you, you're, a, you're a dummy for trusting God during this. You're, you're, you, you, this is the point where you have to come to the reality and put your faith in science and not put your faith in Jesus. Man, I'm putting my faith in Jesus. He's sustained me thus far, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with him. Amen? Don't give yourself over to them. Don't relent. Stay firm. Trust God. Fast and pray. Pray for his peace to come upon you. Here's the second thing that faith does is that faith worships God. Faith doesn't act in fear. Faith worships God. How you respond to calamity says a lot about your faith. See, during these times, now hear me, church, in all times, I'm excited to preach this morning because we have a known enemy that I can talk about. <laughs> you know, but, but, but people, when you're talking about the future and the past and people are like, well, I don't have anything to worry about. This is going to pass, but there will be something else for you to worry about. And how you respond, yes, I'm itching my face. I was itching my face before this, okay? (laughs) I was a hand washer before this too. This is like I'm doubling down on the hand washing. I've washed my hands, I can touch my own face. All right. This is me, Faith. Faith you know it's funny Faith's sitting up here in the front row with crystals now i'm getting two of the ladies from my house talking about me during my sermon how you respond to calamity says a lot about your faith during these times and all times we show the world who we believe in and what our actions will be when we are faced with calamity the world is watching They they will, they will use anything possible to be able to point their finger at us and say, see, this is where your God is. This is what your God does. See, you can't even walk through this. I don't want to believe in your Jesus. But during these times, we have the opportunity for our faith to shine. We have the opportunity to show an unbelieving world that our God is real and that our God sustains. The child dies in this story. And so when the child dies, they need to go and tell David, but they're fearful to tell him why, because they're worried about how he's going to respond. Um, It's that, it's that Jerry Maguire moment, right? When like, I know what everybody thinks is going to happen. I'm just going to flip out, right? (laughs) Yes. That's an old movie reference. It's rated R. Don't watch it kids. Um, But that's that moment because they expect like his child just dies. He was fasting and praying and now we have to go and talk to him. So they're afraid to go and talk to him. But what we see in that part of the story is these other guys are internalizing their own lack of faith and saying if my child had died, this is how I would respond. I would go and act like a nutball. And so they're afraid to go and talk to David because they assume that's how he's going to respond when they have to go and tell him that their son had died. But that's not how David responds at all. They think, man, I would be upset if my child had died. I, I wouldn't be able to make it. I wouldn't be able to move on. If this happened to me, I would go out and I would lose it. I, I would never be the same after my child had died. That's what they're thinking inside of their head. In verse 18, this is what they said, right? <clears throat> it says, then on the seventh day it came to pass that the child died, and the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. They were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. And, and this is the most beautiful part of this story. I love it. It says, verse 19: When David saw that his servants were whispering, David perceived that the child was dead. God had already told him that his child had died. They didn't even have to tell him. Therefore, David said to his servants, Is the child dead? David's the one that asks. He says, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. Watch this, verse 20: So David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself, changed his clothes, And he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. He went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. That was David's response. I fasted. I prayed. I went before the Lord and my son died. But I'm going to go worship the Lord. This is going to be my response. I know that I did this bad thing with Bathsheba, and this is God's punishment. I deserve it. I'm still in pain. I fasted. I prayed. I asked. God said no, but I'm going to go worship the Lord. I'm going to go to the house of the Lord. I don't know where else I can turn except in a time such as this. I've got to worship him. I've got to praise his name. I've got to be in his presence. It's no wonder that David wrote the most of the Psalms, because he had a heart of worship. Yeah. He went through more in one chapter of the Bible than most of us would go through in a lifetime. Yeah. But he was a worshipper. He chose to worship God in the midst of it. It reminds me of Daniel 3:17 uh, when they when they went in and it says if that is the case our God of whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from his hand but if not Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Even if God doesn't do what you ask him to do, you can still worship the Lord. Just because you pray and you ask God don't do this, you have to believe uh, in the sovereignty of God. Yeah. You didn't choose to live. You don't and this is why side note, I don't believe in assisted suicide. You didn't choose when you came in, you don't get to choose when you go out. And God can use however means or times to call you home whenever it's going to be. David may not have agreed with the outcome, but he had the right response. Yeah. I'm going to worship. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to go before God. I'm going to praise him, and I'm going to lift him up. This is why he was able to say in Psalm 122, one, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Yeah. And this, this is what is so, like... And it's the hardest thing for me right now is that I'm I'm not afraid. I'm not concerned. I'm not worried I just want to be in the house of the lord And and for the handful of us that are here this morning Dude, I can't lie to y'all that are watching online. It feels good to be here It just it feels like home I, I I hate being away from my church family and I hate being away from my church There's a sweet spirit that rests in here. I pray that it's coming through today But you can still enter into the presence of God without being in a physical building. You can get on your knees with your family. This is a great time to teach your kids how to worship. Turn on some worship music. Get on your knees. Quit watching so much television and start watching, watching some worship stuff. We've got to come together and call to God collectively. I mean, even today, the president called out today to be a national day of prayer. And I'm like, thanks, president, but every day is a national day of prayer. Every day should be a national day of prayer where we call out to God and we worship Him. What does it mean to you? Where's the first place you turn when things are going sideways in your life? Who do you trust and where do you turn? Do you trust in your family? Do you trust in your friends? Do you trust in your finances? Do you trust in your own plans, your own purposes? Or do you choose to worship God? Do you choose to say, do you know what, God, I, I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. I just got fired from my job. I just got sick. I, I just lost this deal. Wh- whatever it may be. And you think, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. But you know what, God, I can choose to worship you. Yeah, and, I, and I'll tell you that worship is hard in times of distress because it, It's unnatural. It's unnatural because we are inherently selfish. Our first thought is self-preservation. Our first thought is, how can I take care of myself? Our first thought is not, hey, how can I worship the Lord? But that's why you listen to good preaching that encourages you to remind yourself and say, do you know what? I'm going to choose in this moment to worship the Lord. I'm going to choose to look up to the heavens. Amen? Amen. It's what God desires. Because here's the truth, folks. You may not be able to control anything, but you can control what your mouth and heart does. You, you can't control what they're selling at the stores. You can't control what the work does or the school does, the government does. You, we don't control those things, but we can choose to worship. We can choose to say, do you know what? I'm just going to worship God. He's taken care of me so far. I'm going to worship him. I may not even get the outcome that I wanted, but I'm still going to worship the Lord. I'm still going to lift up his name. You start to have that type of mindset and you begin to accept life a whole lot easier. You have a lot less demands and you go through life much, much easier. Just worship the Lord through it, amen? Psalm 95, 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. You can choose to worship. You can choose to lift up his name. You might be scared. You might be worried. You might be doubtful. You may not think that you have enough, but the God of enough is worthy to be worshiped. He's worthy to be worshiped. His name is over everything. His name is great over everything. Worship him. You don't know what the future holds. Worship the Lord. Just worship Him. You, you may have even committed sin. Worship the Lord. Turn from your sin and worship Him. Yeah. I love Psalm 84.10. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. Yes. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than, tw- than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Amen. I'd rather be a doorkeeper, amen? amen? And I realize for many people, especially young people that may be watching this, my, my kids are teenagers. This might be the scariest time that you've ever lived in because you've never had to walk through something like this before. Um, In my life, I think back to like 9-11. Many of you were either alive or unaware. uh, Young people were alive or unaware during that time. But for those of us that lived through it, it was weird. Like it, it was creating a new reality, but we got through it. And, and and before that, there was you know the Desert Storm War, and there was Vietnam War, and there was JFK assassination, and there was the bombing of Pearl Harbor, and World War Two, and World War One. Like the trajectory of America, there's always big events that happens. Yeah. This is the big event of our of, of our I don't know lifetime, or at least for my kids' lifetime. This is the event. Yeah. This is the moment where ten, twenty years from now, they're going to talk to their kids about what they went through and how they got through it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to get through it, man. It's, it's, a, it's a new reality. But just like when the skies were quiet over nine eleven, we got back on the planes eventually. And just as even now, we're just, you know, church is a little bit different and school's a little bit different and work's a little bit different. It's just going to be a new reality and it's going to be fine. We're going to get through it. And so right now is the time to worship God through it. So that when you get through it, you can look back and say to your, to your kids or your grandkids, wherever, say, do you know what I did during that time. I worshiped the Lord. Yes. Yes. I praise God for his provision. I didn't give myself over to fear. I, I chose to worship him even though everybody else around me was worried, even though I didn't get the outcome that I wanted. I chose to worship yes. the Lord. Yes. We will get through this with worship. Yeah. And again, the, the, the idea... <laughs> the early Christians that started our faith in the book of Acts that were running from death and crucifixion would probably look at us and, and smile <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. and say, really, this is, the, this is the moment when you stop trusting God? Oh, Dude, I, I, I'll, I'll say it right now. I, I, would try, I would rather die from coronavirus than die on a cross. Yeah. On. If this is the way I got to die from my faith, let it be from the coronavirus. Don't let it be from a beheading. Don't, don't let, like, it's fine. Like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not, Lord, I'm not asking for it, but I'm, I'm just saying that's how I would be. Isaiah 2, 3, Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his path. Here's the, here's the third and final point. Stay with me, because, again, you got that fun little announcement at the end. I don't want you to hear. Faith trusts God. It does not give itself over to fear faith, trust God. You've got to trust God's outcome. David, of course, didn't want his son to die. That's, that's why he prayed and fasted. That's why he went to God and said, God, would you, would you please change your mind? Would you not do this? <clears throat> Look in verse 20 and verse 21. And it says, And then David rose from the ground, he washed and anointed himself, and changed his clothes, and then he went to the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house. When he requested, they set food before him, and then he ate. And then the servant said, What is this that you have done? You have fasted, wept for the child while he was alive, but when the child died, you arose and ate food. Verse 22, While the child was alive, I fasted, wept, for I said, Who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now that he is dead, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. That was utter and complete trust with God's outcome. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he prayed and asked for God to not kill his son. God uh, killed his son. And then he says, you know what? Even though this happened, which I didn't want to happen, I worship the Lord and now I'm just going to move on. I'm just going to move on trust in God. I'm just going to... And, and, and the people there didn't understand. Like, well, I don't understand. You, you, did, you fasted and prayed to save your son and now that he's dead uh, you're going to go back to eat and live in your life in a normal way and David's like but we already walked through it yeah. I fasted and I prayed. God said, no, things didn't happen the way that I wanted to. So now I'm just going to move forward trusting God. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it, man. Uh, yeah. God did what he did. We went through what we went through, but I'm going to walk through trusting God. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to let it change me. I've got a, I've got a, a nation to lead. I've got people to, that are looking to me as a king. I can't let this be the reason why I stopped serving God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I just can't. I'm not going to do this. He was trusting God through the process. Who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me? I mean, you think back to the beginning of the story. David could have simply just said, well, God said he's going to die. I'm just going to do that. No, he said, you know what? I'm still going to put trust in God through this and see what God's going to do in the midst of it. He trusted God. He picked up himself and he moved on. He didn't let it destroy him. This is one of the hardest things about uh, Christian people. And, and I know the trajectory that I've seen throughout my life. I, I've been a Christian for almost 30 years. And whether it was in high school, college, or my, my young adult life, I've seen people that the smallest thing will get them to stop serving God. Yeah. Right. Oh, I lost my job. Or someone said something to me. Or someone hurt me. And so now I'm no longer going to be a Christian. Now I'm no longer going to serve Him. How, did, how, how does something so small change the trajectory of your life. How does that happen? I mean, you you think of pastors that I know that, that they've had family members commit suicide. They stayed in the pulpit. Family members that had died in car crashes. I mean, you think of like Stephen Curtis Chapman. You guys know the story. His son backed his car over one of his kids and killed him. And Stephen Curtis Chapman continued to serve the Lord. He continued to love his son. He didn't let that change who he was. His songs got even better after that. But we let these tiny little things and say, well, God isn't God and God isn't real and I'm gonna let this be the reason why I don't serve him anymore. No, I'm gonna serve the Lord. I'm gonna trust him. Psalm 910, and those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Why do you think David was the one that wrote most of the Psalms? He trusted God more than most of us do. He experienced more in this episode than most of us will will experience in our whole entire life. And so God puts these in the scriptures for us so that we could learn to trust God, that we can look at the life of David and say, if David can get through the death of a son, I can get through this this period that I'm going through as well. If he can walk through that, God, give me the strength to walk through this. Maybe I won't have the most flavorful food. Maybe, maybe I have to have an, a financial adjustment in my life. But praise God I'm alive. Praise God that I didn't have to experience what David went through to get to a place where I'm totally trusting in you. Proverbs 3.5 Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. What does it mean to you, friend? You need to trust God. Yes. Not anyone else. And I've been preaching this for years you can go back online and look at many of my sermons. I, I, I really don't say much more. I, I, I say very simple things very emphatically. Fully submit to God. Follow his word. Trust him in all of your life. And, and, and this is a time again where some of you have maybe never walked through this where you have to really appropriate your faith. This is your moment. This is your moment to learn to trust God. This is your moment that you walk away and say, God is real and God sustains me. We, not just in the middle of an epidemic do you have to trust God. You have to trust God when things are good. Yeah. When, you're, when you've got a good job and your bills are paid and everybody's healthy, you've got to trust God then just as much as you have to trust Him in the middle of a national epidemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got to trust Him. Yeah. Matthew 24, 43. But I know this. That if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. I'm not trying to play into your fears, but I've read the end of the book, friend. This is nothing compared to what it's going to be like in the days of tribulation. And so this is an opportunity for us to bolster our faith. This is an opportunity for us to be able to say, man, I can get through this because I've got to be prepared for what's coming up next. One of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible, Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. I'm going to read you another scripture from Romans chapter eight. I'm going to let just uh, scripture preach to you this morning, because this is uh, this is the time when we need to be in the scriptures more than any other time. This is our this is our faith. Romans eight <clears throat> thirty five. Actually, you know what? Let's start in 31. I know the tech team's like it's not on there, but they'll pick up on 35. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor present, nor things to come nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Will you walk in that today? Would you believe God today? Would you walk in faith and victory and not walk in fear? Because we serve a real God that will really be there with us as we walk through this together. Let's close in prayer before this announcement. Russ, if you'd play, please, that'd be great. Thank you. Hey, if you were watching this live stream today, we always end every single one of our services with a, with a gospel message. And the gospel message is quite simple. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. And if you are not a Christian, you are in your sins. You're, you're under the wrath of God you're separated from God and, and God was so gracious that he came down uh, to, to die for our sins so that we could live forever with him and all he asks is says will you please come to me I will forgive you of all your sins but you have to turn away from your sins and come and live for me and I'll forgive you from all your sins and you can walk a righteous life with me and if you've never made that prayer before I, I want to invite you if you're watching online you're watching this message at a later time Would you just raise your hands to God today and would you just say, Lord, would you forgive me of my sins? Father, would you make me your child and I will live for you. I confess my sins before you. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and today I want to live for you. If you say that prayer today, the Bible says that you're saved. The Bible says that you're born again. The Bible says that you are walking with him. I encourage you to find a Bible-based church where you can get discipled effectively, where they preach sin and repentance, where you could learn how it how, how it's supposed to be as a Christian. Father, we pray today that you would use this word into our hearts, that as we go from this place today and everybody that's watching online, that they would be encouraged, that they would be uh, um Excited about living for you this week. We look forward to getting together again online Wednesday night. We look forward to getting online together on Sunday, God. And we look forward to the time when we can gather again as your body in Christ. God, I I just selfishly would like to say it'd be a whole lot easier if you could just come back this week, just take care of all this, and we can just go go back home so we can live for eternity with you. Father, we give you all of our trust today. We give our hearts today. We love you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So here's the special announcement for those of you that are here locally. Uh, We're in Auburn. I know we got people watching in Bonnie Lake and Renton and Covington and Kent and Auburn and Fife, Tacoma, Redmond. We got people all over the place. Um, At our church, we got a guy that... um, works for a bread company and every Sunday he brings uh leftover bread for our church so that people can have it. He brought that bread today and so I thought it would be fun. Uh, Crystal and I would love to see you. And so we're going to be in the parking lot for the next couple hours just hanging out with bread. Um, I'm going to post a picture of the bread on Facebook um, just until it runs out. When you come, do not get out of your car. I will bring the bread to you. It's going to be like a drive-through, but we just want to greet you. We'll throw you a loaf of bread and through the car window and say hi. So if you made it through the whole entire live stream and you want to come down for a loaf of bread, uh, well, it's, it's 1120. We'll be here until at least one o 'clock um, or until the bread run, or until the bread runs out, until the bread runs out, so look on Facebook when the bread runs out, the bread runs out um, if it doesn 't run out i 'll start posting on Facebook about it, but i don 't want to panic i 'll give uh, faith and victory people the first grab, so load up the kids come through the parking lot we 'd love to see you. Thank you guys for watching online. we love you we 'll see you later this week.